Hey, how's it going? You guys doing all right? Yeah, it's great to see you. Um, if I haven't met you yet, my name's Daryl Holden. I'm one of the pastors here, and really good to be with you here in the room. Those of you who are with us online, awesome to be together today. Um, so I was out of town all week doing good stuff. Um, Monday through Wednesday, Marie and I were at our denominational prayer and district conference. So if you didn't know, um, we're part of the Christian Missionary Alliance denomination, and uh, we love being part of that. And so once a year, we get to go, like I get to go for a few days to um, join together with all the other churches. It's Minnesota, South Dakota, and parts of North Dakota. So we come together and uh, spend a few days together praying and business of the district and all that stuff. But highlight for me was Monday evening, one of the things that we do together. Um, in our district, there are 13 different church plants, new venues that churches are opening, ways that church is moving forward. And so the last thing we do on Monday evening is we pray together for those different environments uh, as a district. So you're actually part of 12, 13 different church plants and you're part of Christ's community, even though you didn't know those were going on. And um, one of the things, one of the places that we prayed for on Monday night was our church's engagement with Olmstead County Adult Detention Center. And so I took this picture um, as, small group of people, we were in different places and small groups traveled. This is one of the groups who prayed for us over the church and it's going on this weekend too at the Adult Detention Center and so I just thought that was really cool and that you ought to be able to see that um, as we experienced that and, and our church got prayed over by other churches here in our district and so that was awesome Monday through Wednesday and then um, Thursday and Friday I was at Crown College which is our denomination's college. It's uh, northwest of the cities in a little town, St. Bonnie, and I was in meetings for those days. I did not bring you any pictures because I was in meetings. And one of my buddies is in Hawaii right now and he was on the helicopter tour and he was sending me pictures. And another one of my friends was sending me pictures. He was on the lake down south and he was sending me pictures and I just texted him back. I'm like, I am in a boardroom and like, there's nothing to see here. But um, the last couple of years, the changes that have been going on at Crown College, and again, that's one of our denominational colleges, um, amazing things that's happening on the campus, that's happening um, in the academics, and what God's doing there is really cool for us to get to be part of. And so it was a great week for me, and then I get to kind of end it all and launch myself into next week by being with you this weekend. And so um, it's, it's really good. I'm just really grateful that uh, we get to be together and that I get to be part of the things that I got to be part of this last week and that you got to be part of them too. So it's a privilege to be able to represent you there. I love this series we're in. Um, Ezra gave us a little bit of an introduction. I'm excited for what we're gonna talk about together today. As we hit this second week, we talked last week about getting out of our comfort zone. This week, I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about what the church is. And if I could give you this message just in a summary, if you remember one thing from our time together today, church, here's the summary. Church is not a place you go. It's a movement that you're part of. And we talk about coming to church and we use the language like being at church, being at church, come to church. Like we say that regularly here because the gathering is important. But church is not a place you go, it's actually a movement that you're part of. And so I wanna talk about why we say that, you know, why we believe that, what Jesus said that leads us to this conclusion. And then I wanna share with you some of the tenets of this movement, because if you're part of a movement, then the movement is part of you too. And so some of the tenets of this movement that we're part of, and then offer you some suggested next steps to finish our time together. We'll have discussion questions too. So um, to start, to jump in, I wanna take us to a conversation Jesus had 
with his followers. This is recorded for us in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 16. It's kind of in the middle towards the end of Jesus' ministry with his followers, and they've known him for a while, and they've gotten to be around him, see what he does, hear his teachings, and, and his fame has spread. And so Jesus has this conversation this one day. He just As we read it, the account in the Gospel of Matthew, it sounds like they're just kind of walking around like he just did a quick subject change on them. And, and he asks him this question. They got to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? So at this point, like we've talked about this the last couple weeks, Jesus refers to himself often as the Son of Man. And his followers, those people who were closest to him, they knew he was talking about himself. And it's a reference to the ancient prophet Daniel and how Daniel talks about the Son of Man, and really it's a reference to God Most High. Jesus is identifying himself with God Most High, and so he asks the question, who do people say the Son of Man is? And so he's just asking, you know, what do you guys hear when you're out and about, when you're at the grocery store, when you're walking, when you're doing your thing, you know, when you're around people and they're talking about me, who do they say that I am? And so this answer, it's really interesting. Some say John the Baptist, Others say Elijah, still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So John the Baptist was, um, he had, before this conversation, John the Baptist had actually been executed by King Herod, just a little bit before. Been a year probably, around a year before Jesus has this conversation with his followers. So very recently, John the Baptist had been killed by King Herod. And Elijah, this other person that was offered up, he had been, he was an ancient prophet and he was a miracle worker. Like he was, he's, he's a central figure in what we call the Old Testament. And Elijah at this point had been dead for 850 to 900 years. Jeremiah, the other, another ancient prophet, and if you read through your Old Testament or if you look at the table of contents, there's a, a book of the Old Testament called Jeremiah, and it's a long one. It's one of the major prophetic books in the Old Testament, and, and so they had this book, and they had read it, and they knew the teachings of Jeremiah and their culture. Jeremiah, at this point, had been dead somewhere around 600 years, and so it's really interesting to me that when when Jesus asked his followers, who do people say that I am, they all were pointing to prophets of God who were dead. And, and what that tells us is that in the culture, Jesus' day, that first century culture, they had, they had this folk theology, this, this kind of country thought about, like, hey, okay, so this Jesus guy, he is, he is definitely from God because they're identifying him with prophets and he is, there's something unique about him and they believed in a resurrection from the dead. They believed in an afterlife. They had, they had a belief that, and they, they brought all of that together and came up with this idea that Jesus is an ancient prophet who's come back to life. And, and you may hear that and I, I hear it and think, well, that's, that's kind of a, like that's an odd thing to think, but, but it's actually very complimentary of Jesus. It's a very complimentary thought and opinion about who he is, that he is acknowledged as, as being from God, as being unique, as being identified with these men who were 
miracle workers, prophetic, used by God and great. It's a very complimentary statement about Jesus, very complimentary, but it wasn't the right answer. It wasn't the right answer. And so Jesus continues the conversation. All right, I've heard what is being said about me out there, but, but what about you guys? Who do you say I am? And then Simon Peter, who was always the first to go, he raised his hand and said, Lord, I want you know comfort zone, get me out, like, call me out there if that's you. From last weekend, Simon Peter, he answers this question. He says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. Messiah means anointed one. You're the one that God has anointed. You are, you are God's rescuer for us. You are God's deliverer who has come to rescue us. You are the one we have been waiting for. Jesus, you are our only hope. It is, it's, this, it's this beautiful expression of, of faith. It's a wonderful acknowledgement of who Jesus is. Who do you say that I am? You are the Messiah. You are the Son of God. You're the one we've been waiting for and our hope is in you. And then Jesus responding to that answer says, he says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. And you're blessed because this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. You did not just figure this out. You didn't hear this in Sunday school and like you, this, this is not something that you figured out or somebody else taught you. This has been revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you're Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. And so he, he affirms the answer to the question, yes, I am the Messiah, I am God's anointed one, I am the Son of God. And this confession that you have made about me, Peter, is, it is bedrock truth. And on this confession, on this statement about who I am, Jesus says, I will build my church. And I'm building this church on a confession that is bedrock truth, and the result is the gates of Hades, the power of darkness, the forces of this world that would love to squash and conquer and disperse the truth will not prevail against it. And so I just find it really interesting that the, that the foundation of the church that Jesus is building is a truth statement. It's, it's, it's a truth statement. And since it's a truth statement, that means that what the church is, is something that is founded on truth. It's not a building, it's actually a people, and it's not just a people, it's a people who are a movement. And so if we think about what the church is, here's this kind of, this is a short definition, it's one of many, it's not complete, but it's one to hold on to for our time together this weekend. What the church is, is the church is a called out people participating in the movement that Jesus started. The church is a called out people who are participating in the movement that Jesus started. Now, called out from what? So I was a little kid, called out of my comfortable bed into my uncomfortable church clothes, right? If you grew up in the church, that's what it was. Called out from the playground into the room where the grown-up meeting happened. And then when you think about church, you called out from something I'm enjoying doing into something that uh, I kinda have to go, that's usually the idea that crosses the mind of people who are going to a place, not who are participating in a movement. 
Because for real, what the church really is, people like you and me who are part of the church, who are part of this movement, we've been called out of spiritual darkness into, into light. We've been, we've been called out of spiritual death into life. We've been called out of, meh, into like, abundance. We have, we have been called out of the distance from God and being called into nearness to him. We have been called out of being strangers and, and into being family of God. We have, we have been called out of our old life, our old way of life that was, that was futile into a new way of living that is fruitful and, and is life. And so the church is people who've been called out from death into life to participate in this movement that Jesus is starting. And so church is not a place that you come to. Church is a movement that you are part of. It is so much more than a place that you come to. It's a movement we get to live our lives in. And so the church, so Jesus started this church. He looked at his first followers and he said to him, okay, so this is the confession. I'm the Messiah. I'm the son of God. This is the confession on this truth statement. I'm gonna build my church. The gates of Hades are not gonna prevail against it. And he started this movement. If you read a little bit forward, just shortly after Jesus died on the cross and went back to heaven, it's recorded for us in Acts chapter two. The Holy Spirit comes and indwells Jesus' followers and the church is born that day. And so the Holy Spirit indwells Jesus' followers. The church is born. This movement gets started. And it is this movement, like it is a grassroots, grass fire in a good way. I mean, it, is, it, is, it catches fire and is consuming people's lives. And the movement is going forward. And it, and it goes forward and is moving forward. And it is a movement and is seen as a movement. It is known as a movement for about 300 years. And then you get to roughly AD 300, and Constantine, the emperor of Rome, converts to Christianity, and he declares Christianity to be the religion of the Roman Empire. And Rome was in charge. Like they were, the Roman Empire was in charge of the known world, and so Christianity is now the religion of Rome, and, and what happened is this thing that was a movement now is associated with political power, and, and there is money invested into this thing, and, and if you wanna be part of, if you wanna be friend of Rome, and if you wanna be connected to the boss of all, like your religion is his religion, and, and what happened is <clears throat> they began to build, they built churches, and so, and so this movement now had a place and there was money and power connected to it and, and it pumped the brakes in a big way on the movement and church really, be, the drift. The drift was it, it's not so much a movement anymore, now it's a place that people go. And church became a place that people go and a thing that people do less than a movement they are part of because you, it didn't cost you so much to belong, now it, you gained by participating in, in church. And, and so, so that drift that started 300 AD, it continues today into our world around the globe. 
This isn't just a thing that is unique to us who are gathered in this room or in North America. Like this is, this is an issue. Most of the spots around the world, the church is, church is not seen as a movement I'm joining, the movement that I'm part of and it's part of me, but as it's a place that I go and it's something that I do. And, and Jesus is building his church not on a spot where we gather, a building where we come to. Jesus is building his church. It's people who are on a movement that he started. And, and so, so we live today in a, in a world where there's a tendency to, to see church as just as something I do. It's a place I go and it's a thing that I do. But in reality, the church that Jesus is building, he, there are churches and you can participate. You can go and you can sit, you can do your time, you can... And then you can leave or you can be part of the church that Jesus is building. The gates of Hades don't prevail against it. And for those of us who are participating in a movement, what happens for us and with us is, is that this movement gets in us. We become part of the movement and the movement becomes part of us. And so just thinking about this in our time together today, I want to talk for a few minutes with you about this movement and the tenets of the movement. This movement that Jesus is starting, what, what is this thing? And, and what are the, what's the core, what's the foundation, what's the bedrock of it? What's it like if I were gonna step in, if I were gonna be part of it, what is this movement? And so I have four things for us today to talk about what this movement is. And so the first thing about this movement called church is that it takes Jesus at its word. It takes Jesus at its word. The movement takes Jesus at his word. He said it. He said, I am the Messiah, I am the Son of God, and that is the foundation of the church, and we say yes to that. Jesus, you are, you are who you said you are, what you have said, what you've said you'll do, you're gonna do, like we are, we are your people, we believe in you, we trust in you, and what you say, like we're for that. So this movement takes Jesus at his word. This movement is centered on Jesus. It is about him. But we call ourselves Christians because we are followers of Jesus Christ. And we have been called that for centuries. And so this, this movement takes Jesus' statement about himself, about why he came and what we need and how he meets our needs. We, we take him at his word. We say yes to that, we receive it, and we live from that. This movement is a faith community. It's a faith community. Two words in there, the first one is faith. We can't, we can't see everything that we hold on to. We can't, we can't see all that we believe. We know some stuff is real because we're holding on to it like it's real. And we're experiencing it to be real in our lives, but we hold things by faith. Not everything about the church and, this, and the statement that Jesus made about himself and what we believe about what he has done for us, not, we can't, some that you just can't see. And I've had people try to pin me down and say, now you explain this and defend this and how, and there comes a point where you just gotta say, hey listen, this is faith, this is faith. Faith is being sure of what you hope for and confident about things that you cannot see. And there are, like, it is a reason to faith. We have, there are, there are steps that we can see, but the last step, you can't see. You can't see the last step, the last step you get to take, trusting 
in who God is and what he has said and who Jesus says he is and what he'll be for you, we get to take that next step. This is a, this is a faith community. And however much faith you got, right? However much faith you have, you don't have to have all the faith. You don't have to have it all figured out. And there may be some stuff that we talk about or that you know another Christian person and you know what they believe and you can't get all the way there. Like, that's okay. However much faith you have, however much you can take Jesus at his word, like, that's, that's where you are. And that's where, where you should be. There's next steps for you and you're gonna get to take next steps if you'll be where you are and look for the next step. Like, you have an awesome journey in front of you. However much faith you have, that's, that's, how, that's the faith. Like we bring the faith that we have to this movement and to this community. You don't have to sit on the outside until somebody else looks at you and says, oh yeah, finally you got enough faith to be part of this. If you got enough faith to take Jesus at his word that he is, he is the Messiah, he's the son of God. If you're there, you get to be part of this deal because that's the bedrock. So however much faith you have, you bring it and you bring it to the community, we're a community. We are people who live together who do life together, who are part of a one-person movement doesn't go anywhere. We are a movement, a faith community movement, and that's why we talk about important things. If you were here a couple weeks ago for our Big Three series where we talked about come to church every week, and the language of that sounds like this is just something I come to, it's something I do, but it's not. You have to be here to be part of it because we're a community, and to to join a group if you're not in a small group, to be part of a group, because we do this together and we share our lives together. And so we get to be part of a group and to serve on a team, because we're a community and you can serve alone, but your aloneness isolates you and puts you at risk, and if we're on a team, we're always better together. And so we're this faith community. And in this faith community, we get to be part of each other's lives, we get to be part of this movement and our movement goes forward as we say yes to that next step of faith Jesus has for us and as we say yes together. This movement is a faith community. It is not about, oh, I've got this thing going with God and me and God and we're good and I'm out here by myself and I don't need all of that. Like you do if you're part of the, if you're part of the movement. Like you can go in and out by yourself but you can't be part of this life-giving life-changing movement unless you're part of the community of faith. It's a faith community. Then the third thing, the church, the church that Jesus is building, it actually exists primarily for the well-being of others. It exists primarily for the well-being of others. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this next weekend. Jesus built the church and there is, there is tremendous blessing for those of us who are in it. If you're, if you're fully engaged, you're participating, and you're, you're in the church, like you know there's tremendous blessing for us to be part of it. That blessing is a byproduct of us pursuing the well-being of other people. That doesn't mean we abandon self-care. It doesn't mean we, you, know, you have to burn yourself into the ground, like burn yourself out and run yourself into the ground. It doesn't mean anything like that. It just means that the church is, is an upward looking towards God and an outward looking Movement, it's not an inward, when it, when it becomes an inward looking movement, when we're looking to take care of ourselves and make sure we've got what makes us happy and what makes us feel good, we're, we're off. We're off, this, the church, this movement 
of God exists primarily for the well-being of others. And then the last thing about this that I would offer to you in our time together this weekend is that it is worthy of your full engagement. It is worthy of your full engagement. Jesus is building something. Jesus is building something. He's building something that is going to move forward and continue to move forward. And the strongest forces of this world will not stand against it. You, you have an opportunity to be part, not just to come to a place and do a thing, you have an opportunity to be part of a movement, to be part of a movement of God that will alter your life in beautiful ways and that will alter the lives of the people who you know and love and the people who are in our collective circle of influence and beyond. And this is worth this is worth your full engagement. This is worth giving your life to. This is worth putting at the top of the list of your priorities is the church being part of the church of the movement that Jesus is building so that you can be somebody who's not only experienced from spiritual death to spiritual life, from spiritual darkness to spiritual light so that you can be part of other people experiencing that as well. And so, and so what Jesus is building, the church that Jesus is building, it is, it is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth your full engagement. Whatever that looks like in your life, whatever, whatever you add, to, whatever you change, like it, is, it is completely and totally worth your full engagement. And so this movement of all-in people on the bedrock foundational truth statement that Jesus is Messiah, the Son of God, it is, it is worthy of your engagement, it is worthy of your, of your best efforts. And so this movement, it's what we join and it's what joins itself to us. And the longer you're part of it, the, the more these things are true about you and about your circle of influence, it spreads and moves into. And so, and so as I kind of wrap up our time together, I wanna offer you, say four, yes, four things that are your next steps. Maybe these are next steps for you. So the first thing is to, to make or to remake, if it's time, the confession, the church confession, the bedrock truth statement confession, to make that confession your confession. And I say make it. Some of us need to make it for the first time. You've maybe been on the edges of this thing or you've come to church because it's what you do or it's what your family does or, or you come with somebody who's important to you and you just kinda, you just kinda stayed on the outside and you're okay with this stuff, and you're, but you've never, you've been a person, maybe in our culture, who looks at Jesus and says, yeah, there's, there's something special about him, there's something unique about him, but you've never made the confession that he is, he is the Messiah, he is God's anointed, he is, he is the son of God that he is who he says he is and that he accomplished what he says he accomplished, that his life was given for your life. The whole reason Jesus died on the cross was to take your place. You and I, by our sin, we deserve death. The, the wages of sin is death, the Bible tells us. And Jesus came and he gave his life for our life. He entered into death and then he rose again from the dead on the third day and in his resurrection, he, victory, like victory for him, and he's willing to share that victory with you if you'll take a step of faith and make that confession, our confession, make it your confession that Jesus is the Messiah. He's God's anointed. 
He's the son of God. He's my hope. And you don't have to have all your questions answered. You should ask your questions and you should search the answers. You don't, you don't have to have all those questions answered before you can take a step of faith. And some of the questions maybe that you have are way out here. They're not gonna get answered until you start taking steps of faith. And so maybe for you, it's time to make that confession for the first time. Or maybe for you, it's a chance to remake that confession. If we really pushed into your life and if we really had a chance where you were transparent and vulnerable and we were digging down and we were asking the question, where's your hope? Where's your hope? And, and you, would, you would have to be honest and say, today, my hope is in myself. It's in the best I can do. It's in the portfolio that I'm building. It's in the career that I'm chasing. My hope is in me. Or my hope is in someone or something else. My hope is in my parents. My hope is in my family. My hope is, you could answer the question. If, if your answer is something different, like today maybe is your day to, to remake this confession that, that Jesus is the Messiah. He's God's anointed. He's my savior. He's my hope. He is, he is the son of God and I'm saying yes to him. And so, so maybe for you a next step is to make or to remake this confession so that it becomes your confession. Maybe your next step is to come to a welcome to CCC lunch. That's our lunch, we talk a little bit more about the church and about what the church is like and about how you could participate, how you could go from like coming to church to being part of the movement, being part of what we get to be part of together, how you could say yes to some next things that God has for you if you come to a welcome to CCC lunch, and we're having several over the next several weeks, and so you'll see and hear more about that. And we feed you lunch, and it takes about an hour and a half, maybe, a chance to meet some other people, to hear some things, and a chance to say yes and be part of some, some really great things. And so maybe for you, you're saying yes to this confession, and you're ready to take a next step so church isn't just something you come to, it's a movement you get to be part of. Maybe for you, a next step is to get baptized. And if you have questions about this, because many of us were baptized as babies by our parents, and what we believe at Christ Community Church, we believe that this is baptism is a decision that you make for yourself. And so it's a step that you take. We're not dismissive of what your parents decided for you, we're just saying that this is, this is a decision you should make for yourself. Baptism is the public identification. I'm, I'm in with Jesus and I'm part of this thing. And so if you haven't been baptized, maybe that's, that's a great next step for you. And if you have some questions, a starting place for you on that is on our website. You can go to the baptism page and there's a teaching on there that is from me about 30, 35 minutes about why you should be baptized. If you want some more, like go look at that and then we're open and available to talk to you about these things. But maybe for you, it's time to raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm in. Like I've been in and I've been in sort of privately and I've been in for me, but it's really time for me to like, I'm going public with this and I wanna be baptized and I wanna identify with Jesus and I wanna be part of this movement that he's building and so maybe for you it's to be baptized. And maybe for you, maybe for you it's, it's just a prayer. You look at these three and you're like, no, that's not my next step. You could ask the Lord what your next step is. He sees you and he hears you and he knows you and he cares about you and he has a next step for you and and it may not be super obvious to you in this moment because he wants you to come to him and spend a little bit of time with him so he could show that to you. And so maybe for you, your next step is just to say, 
I'm gonna seek that out. I'm gonna seek that out in prayer. I'm gonna seek that out and I'm gonna ask Jesus who's building this church, who started this movement, who's letting me be part of his movement, I'm gonna ask him what my next step is. And if you'll ask him, if you'll ask him from a posture of when I hear what he says, I'm gonna do it, and if you'll give him some time to speak. So those are your two conditions. If you'll ask him, give him some time to speak and ask him with a heart that's gonna be a yes, he'll tell you what your next step is in being part of this, this movement that he started so you can take a next step away from just going to church, just being here, something you do into a movement that you get to be part of. And so I'm, I'm hopeful for, for you and for us, for myself, I, I'm excited because we get to be part of a movement that Jesus started. This is not just something that we come to, it's not just something that we do. This is a movement that Jesus started and it's moving forward in our lives and it's moving forward in our world and it is a life-giving movement. We get to receive life and we get to give it to those who are around us. So I'm gonna share with you some discussion questions for your small groups or for your drive home or for whatever's next for you today. Um, and, and then after I share these small group questions with you, I'm gonna pray and Ezra's gonna come out and give you some concrete um, next steps that you could take. So these are, if you need to take a picture of this, feel free to do that. I believe they're on our website after the weekend. So some questions for you. The first is, have you had the opportunity to be an official member of a club, a group, an organization? If so, did you take it? Why or why not? So this, you know, it could have been a motorcycle gang, it could be a frat or a sorority, like it could be whatever, like anything. Have you ever had a chance to be part of an organized group and did you take it, why or why not? And so just get to know your question, chance to break the ice, begin the conversation. What was your life like, second question, spiritual story question, what was your life like when you first heard Jesus call you out of darkness and into light? And what was your response to his call? So, so Jesus has called you, and if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this time together, like he, is, he is calling you out of darkness and into light. He wants you to be part of what he's doing. And, and what are you doing, like what have you done with that? When did you first hear it, and what was your answer to his call? Third question. Are you more likely to think of church as a place you go or a movement you're part of? And why do you think that is? Why do you think that is? And again, like some of this sounds like you know the right answer now because you're part of church, you know the right answer and maybe you have some friends in your group who didn't come this weekend and you have a chance. Like they might get the answer wrong. We are a, we are a grace-based church. There's like, you are where you are, right? So. So wherever the answer is for you, this is a chance to be transparent about what your natural tendency is and why you think that is, and we all have next steps to take. So, so we're good to each other in this, and you don't have to be afraid if you're just like, oh man, I don't wanna say it out loud that I have a tendency to go the other way. Fourth question, of the four, which of the four things about Jesus' movement stood out to you? We talked about the four tenets of this movement. Which of those four things stood out to you, and what do you think made it stand out to you? And then the fifth thing, is there a next step you're considering or you have already decided to take? It's so important to tell somebody. When you're making a decision, it's so important to tell somebody. Because if you just make a decision quietly in your own life, it, it's really easy for that to just kinda fade off into the background of your life. Things are gonna get busy, something's gonna get hard and get in the way and, and it, it, could just, it just fades into the background. But if you tell somebody, somebody who'll celebrate with you, 
because you've made an important decision, somebody who'll be excited for you for next steps, somebody who'll, who'll pray for you as, you as you make these changes and this engagement in your life, somebody who'll ask you about it. So you know, like together, we've, we've done this together because this is a movement, we're in this movement and we take next steps in this movement together. So I hope these questions are encouraging to you and helpful to you and to the people you have this conversation with. All right, so I wanna pray for us. Would you guys please bow your head and close your eyes with me? Heavenly Father, we're really grateful that you would include people like us in something like this. Jesus, thank you for calling us out of darkness and into light, from calling us from, from death to life, for calling us from far away so that we could be near. Thank you that you would, that you would let us be part of your movement. And so together we say you are, you are the Messiah, you are God's anointed, you are the Son of God, and, and that means everything to us. And as much as we can, we believe that, and we wanna live in line with what that belief requires of us, calls us to. So thank you for looking at us, thank you for loving us, thank you for dying so that we don't have to, and thank you for letting us participate in your victory. We're really grateful today. Jesus, we love you, and we pray these things in your name, amen.